Hello. Oh, hello. Hi. Oh, hi. Hi. <gasps> Who was that? <laughs> Who are you? How did you get here? Where am I? We do this every time we have guests. I like this guy. And I love it. How did I get here? Uh, what have were, you people done to me? You were transported <laughs> from the comfort of your living room to participate in an experiment. That's so Fuck. funny because that's like exactly what Chris did. <laughs> <laughs> did. Did he say that too? How did I, yeah. get, how did I get here? I was kind of in the middle of a game of Fortnite, but I guess, you know. <laughs> this is cool, too, this I is guess. Fine. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, it is another episode of Goose Chase. We are back for another week. We have special guests. You do. Our special guests are Ben and Aubrey. They're very yes. special and very guesty. Yes. <laughs> Aubrey's been on before. Mm-hmm. She did that wonderful episode on time travel. Yes. And... Um, Ben is here today, yes. and I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah, this is your first time on Goose Chase, right? This is my this is my first time being on Goose Chase. Yeah, it's, Ben has cool stuff to talk with us about too, which you probably yes. already know what it is, but we're not going to talk about it yet. <laughs> I I like that when we have guests on, we kind of give people the option of like doing the research or doing something else if they're not comfortable with that. Yeah, and nine times out of ten, our guests opt to do the research, which I think is awesome. It's yeah. fun. It's nice because you know everyone brings something to the show that wouldn't have right. existed without them coming here, which well, I think is really cool. I, I mentioned it to you guys earlier, but my friend Adam suggested the wrestling topic, and he jokingly was mad at me for not doing the research myself. But as I told him and as I told you guys, that episode would not been it would not have been as good if I did it. It would have been different at the very least, and I don't think I would have been as thorough <laughs> as Chris was. Yeah. yeah, and that was a really good episode, and I really enjoyed. Yeah, like I like, listened to it, and I enjoyed hearing the story again as I listened to it. Nice. Yeah, because like wrestling's a thing that Chris is pas- is pretty passionate about. Right. So like it, it he kind of brings like. You know, I think when you do research on something that you're really passionate about, you can bring your own personal yeah. viewpoint to it yeah, and, and feel pretty confident in getting yeah. it. I think that's the kind of topic that really benefited from him having a lot of just knowledge because it's something he knew sure. about because it's something he enjoys because he had a good jumping off point. Yeah. Like he knew, OK, this is the event, but also I need to include this as in this so people who aren't into wrestling yeah. understand all these dynamics. Yeah. yeah. I would have had to do a lot more work to get there. And I don't think I really would have gotten quite That's a, um, there in the same way. Uh, I was kind of bearing that in mind when I when I was researching this because it, it um, without giving it away yet. I don't know if you guys do like a big reveal or. We usually or, wait to yeah. mention um, the topic until right before we. Yeah. Do. Well, without without giving away what it, actually it is, I can tell you it has to do with video games because I I I think of of. Um, the my my colleagues on the three dudes show. I think I probably play the most video games. Yeah, you the bring the most video game stuff to the table. Um, I'm I I really like video games. I, I've been playing them since I was like three years old. Yeah, I think my I think my very first one like literally was Pac Man. Like, really, there's a Pac Man cabinet in the 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 Canfield Perkins there. Um, I think I, I think my first one was one of those like Sears <laughs> plug into your TV pong sets <laughs> where you just had the wheel and like that was it. Yeah, my first That's ones it. were um, the golf uh, ones with the rollerball. Oh, oh. Uh, golden pu- golden Gold, tee, golden tee, yeah. and um, pole position at the Eagles. Pole oh, position. Yeah. I loved golden tee. I, I remember Lee Carvalho's playing, putting challenge. Um, <laughs> duck hunt at my cousin's house. Yeah. And then um, we had a Commodore 64. 
and basically its only purpose was for us to play bad games on it. (laughs) (laughs) So there was one where you just, like, you created a face. Like, you just, like, designed a face. But it didn't look like a real face. It was just, like, a flat computer screen face, and you gave it different features. I remember that. It was, like, Wooly Willy? Kind of, but it was in <laughs> computer game form. So it'd be like, press L to give them this shape eyes, and press this to give them this feature. It's something like that. It was a long time ago, and I was pretty young. It sounds like a super high-tech wooly willy. Right, and then there was another I think game. I think it's like less wooly willy and more like Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Like just interchangeable and parts. There was another game that... I've talked to you about it multiple times, David. I always forget the name of it. Okay. It's, uh, you're on, like, a magic carpet, and there's, like, the these, like, diamonds that you're, like, flying through, and you're having yeah. to navigate through, and it was really super fun. It sounds more like a dream that you had than a video game. <laughs> it is a real video game, because I, I had to look you. it up yeah. to confirm that it was not a dream I had, and it was a real game. We did look it up, yeah. Yeah. We've proved that it exists, but it does kind of just sound like, yeah, I had this weird dream. It's like, I was really into Aladdin, and I had this <laughs> Flying dream. through diamonds in space. That's what it does sound like, and yeah. that's what the game was like, but it is real. <laughs> yeah. yeah, gosh, I, I feel like my earliest video game experiences were definitely that Pong thing, and then, like, like I, I got to look at a Nintendo Entertainment System as a young kid and got to play Mario with my Lucky. dad. Yeah. It was freaking awesome. I had a Game Boy, and that, for a long time, was the only game system, like, we had as kids. Gosh, excuse me. Because my, my dad <laughs> was not into, like video game systems and stuff like that. Yeah. And my brother eventually bought himself an original PlayStation. And then everything after that, he always bought it for himself. And then the PlayStation was given to me. Yeah. Ten years later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When I finally upgraded. I didn't get my first console till I was 11. It was the original PlayStation 2. And I still have it. That's, That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I have a couple of PlayStation 2s laying around here. Like, at least two of which are mine. I don't know why I, I have so many PlayStation 2s. Ben has his, and I have mine, yes. so Yeah, I found mine. Yours. It's got my memory card in it and everything. <laughs> and then, like, the did, wasn't that, like, the most selling console of all time? It is the highest selling console yeah, of all time. Yeah, it's, it's, those motherfuckers are built to last. Yeah. Like, oh, they are. The only problem I ever had with my PS2 was, uh, at one point, the system switched off, and I, I, was, I was perplexed. Um, I rebooted it and uh, realized that the fan in the back wasn't working. So I just gave it a little smack and it started working. And that's the only problem I've ever had with the PS2. You mean to tell me you Fonzied that thing? It. I Fonzied my PS2, oh, yeah. God. We were just talking about this last episode. <laughs> we yeah. were. Just like, what, like nowadays everything being so... How the kids so... wouldn't understand it. Yeah. Right. They're, they're, like, they're never going to get that you used to be able to smack shit that started working yeah, again. Basically, gone are the days when you had like actual moving parts yeah. that a good, quick, Right. Swift smack would actually do anything. <laughs> yeah, like banging on the TV. Like that doesn't work. Also now. blowing into cartridges. They yeah. will, kids today will not understand blowing into oh, cartridges. God. We're like we're like in our thirties and we're officially way old. Oh yeah. <laughs> you super. realize that, right? Super. I was just telling my uh coworker that occasionally I'll like see something someone posts on Facebook or hear someone talking 
and be like, oh, man, they're so old. <laughs> and then in my head and then like realize like, no, they're fucking my age. Like <laughs> you are not 18. Yeah. Because like I just am in my head. Like I have not aged in there. Yeah, right. And so I'm like, oh, man, they're so old and pathetic. And I'm like, I'm old and pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> when did this happen? Congratulations. Oh, You've arrived. Pathetic. A oh, horrible man. realization. Podcast dog is complaining and I'm not sure why get out of here go get out of here podcast go somewhere else oh, podcast there's dog. a lot of wires down there go stuck. somewhere else podcast dog go over here there he goes yeah all right get he, out, get out from he under likes the... to hide under the table and then he gets whiny yeah i don't like this i might have to boot him out of here in a little bit yeah he's yeah. being too groany and we just started there's too many people yeah. So we have an RC cola in the room. That's noteworthy. We have two. We are uh, we <laughs> are green burners. party soda drinkers in this house right now. They were on sale. Yeah, I'm with the RC. Actually, we drank like a number of RC I colas. Say, it, it ain't bad. I don't. Love are you about, it? Are you about to talk shit about RC cola right now? <laughs> I okay. <laughs> I don't. I try not to do a lot of cola anyway, and I tend to be like a Dr Pepper or a root beer person. I'm, a I'm not more a of like a. <laughs> We're pepper people. Um, <laughs> I'm not real into just like plain colas like Pepsi or Coke. There has to be something added to it. Like yeah. cherry vanilla Pepsi like is bourbon. the best. <laughs> yeah. Bur- yeah. Yeah. Bourbon just really helps. A healthy yeah. serving of alcohol does help. <laughs> cherry um, vanilla. Um, I like cherry vanilla Coke. Yeah. Oh, the Coke. They make cherry vanilla Coke? Yeah, they, it's, you know they, make, they used yeah. to. It's hard to find. I gotta, okay. um, I gotta find a place that still sells vanilla Coke because I know it's still out there. I know vanilla Coke Sparkle is still out there. Sparkle has vanilla Coke. Do they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. We're um, you mind taking a detour on the way home? <laughs> <laughs> uh, as if they're even open. If not, I'll just I'll get some tomorrow. I don't need Coke this late in the night. But you're not feeling RC is what you're trying to tell me right now at it's, this table in front of God and I everyone. I don't hate it. <laughs> it's no, not as good as God's Coke, not but real. It's, it's okay. <laughs> It's, it's it's drinkable. I'll drink it. It's just like God I'm not already not him. that into RC with my RC hating. <laughs> That's your tagline. Your system will process it. Yeah. RC, it won't kill it won't you. Kill you exactly. I thought the same thing. RC, um, it won't kill you. Dave and I are just the same person now. Mm-hmm. This podcast is gonna you be are. really boring. <sighs> Rendered super weird and thoroughly undateable by each other. The other day, there were like two things in a row of like dumb stupid things I said in response to something else and he's like I knew you were going to say that well, it's, it's like I knew th- you were going to say that I was like why do I even talk <laughs> it's like the, why am I here it's like one of those things where I can't use a particular word and I have like I'm developing a map of them in my head now it's got a codex like if I if I if I know that if I say certain things, there's a punny response coming. <laughs> so I almost try to avoid them, but I can't do it all the time. It's a tightrope. Dave's sentences sentence structures get really strange every now and then, and you wonder why he's like avoiding the obvious word choice. It's because of me. Case in point, I did that to his I brain. Case in point, I can't use the phrase halfway there. Because what? I because I know something like that is going to happen. Yeah, see, I live with the exact same <laughs> thing with him. Yeah. I, I understand, but it's what's a tight the other one? I've I like just to embraced do. it. He, we can't describe anything as super, and then oh my God. the thing because the I will, one. I will always say I prefer the soup. Yeah. Super, super fun, super great, super whatever. <laughs> I prefer the soup. 
Um, <laughs> and then what was the other one? I don't know. If you if you describe it's like you describe something a certain way, and then I like oh god, <laughs> this I can't remember it. It's like not kick ass, but it's something like that. It's I know what you're saying. I know what you're thinking of. Oh. Oh. I, I will put the emphasis on the wrong thing on purpose, and it annoys him, and I love doing it's it. It's sweet ass. So if I was like, oh, that's a sweet oh. ass picture. That's a sweet ass picture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't t- ever. And that's the thing. Is, <laughs> Do you twist her head off? I'm just get, grab the head and twist about 180 degrees and just lift. If it doesn't come off, I give up usually. This is a... <laughs> These are these are linguistic tricks, also very commonly used by the by the Sugandis people. Su- Sugandis, Sugandis nuts. I knew you were. <laughs> God damn it! I have to say, the worst instance of punnery is still like what was it a couple of weeks ago when the dude cast the cow puns that would not stop. Oh man, I was laughing so hard listening. Oh. To oh. how angry you were. The I need is, to catch up on the dude cast. I was with it for the first, like, maybe ten minutes. Until eventually I was like, it won't stop. And I'm just eventually yelling, no! Praying for bovine intervention. <laughs> like that. Ben Ben is our... Um, resident pun master. He's our resident pun master. I do my best. <laughs> um, resident pun master two. Pun master general, you might say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do we have any other updates, things to catch up on? I don't really think so. I think this has been a good intro. Yeah, okay. But I think that there's something that people <coughs> have been waiting for. People are waiting? Oh, why you wouldn't happen to mean the game that's taking the internet by storm. I would happen to Our mean world that famous game that's taking the internet by storm. The game that everyone's playing all the time everywhere, I'm and really, we started it. I'm really happy I get to play this. <laughs> You're referring to Trues and Fnews. It's time for truths and A Merv Griffin production. <laughs> it somehow it somehow gets worse every time. Last time I did a different kind of jingle for it, but I still didn't like it as much. So yeah, I, I reverted. I like this jingle. I was gonna sing it with you, but I was like, wait, she did it different last time. I don't know if she's gonna do it the same this time. <laughs> Actually, it would have been really great if she if you guys went in completely <laughs> different directions, and then I just ah, I don't even know what the you know. Um, but anyway, yes, we're playing the truths and news, true news, false news, news quiz, the game in which I present to Christy two false stories, one true story. She has to discern the truth from the news, or the true news from the false news. Yes, and Kinda also you're, you're no, you did pretty it. good. You're presenting it also to Aubrey and Ben, who don't know the correct response either. Right. Yeah, I are, like it when we do this with guests because I like these yeah. are gonna be these are gonna be new to us. We're gonna yeah, we now, might get some different reactions, or you guys might all go ah no that one. So last week I stumped both uh, Dave and Chris. Yeah, you did, <laughs> and they it. both chose the wrong one. It? Like they both chose different ones. <laughs> yeah, right. Which actually is like the ultimate trues and news. I was very bust, excited. Is if you get two people, like two separate false news guesses, that's like the best you can do as the host. It means both false news guesses, both false news headlines were very solid, yes. and I'm very proud of that. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think out of out of respect for the game, we should go with 
the answer we actually think, as opposed to each of us picking a different answer. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you no, guys all line I think up, we try yeah. to do that. If you anyways, line up good, yeah. if you don't, then don't. You right. definitely guess what you think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready to discern the truths from the news, my contestants? Yes. Yes. I sure am, Doc. All right, here we go. Mmm, <laughs> 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 phlegm. Phlegm. <laughs> Number one. A New Jersey superintendent accused of pooping on the high school track has resigned his post, but is also suing the police for $1 million in damages. <laughs> Wait, he's suing the police for damages? Yes. Okay. Two, VR game developer Spasmonauts announced a 2019 launch of a VR game where you cook for Gordon Ramsay and he increasingly berates and humiliates you across 20 challenging levels. <laughs> These are good. <laughs> Number three. Monday, a sinkhole began, began swallowing up the Missouri House of Representatives, but it is so large and widespread underground that the House Speaker has said on record, well, what are you going to do and propose the building of a replica state house? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's have a recap because that's what we do. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, let's hear one more time. <clears throat> Flemmy. <clears throat> Flemmy. <clears throat> number one. Yes, Flemmy. <laughs> Uh, number one, a New Jersey superintendent accused of pooping on the high school track has resigned his post, but is also suing the police for $1 million in damages. Number two, VR game developer Spasmonauts announced 2019 launch of a VR game where you cook for Gordon Ramsay and he increasingly berates and humiliates you across 20 challenging levels. Three. Monday, a sinkhole began swallowing up the Missouri House of Representatives, but it is so large and widespread underground that the House Speaker has said on record, well, what are you going to do, and proposed the building of a replica state house. Oh, man, those are really good, Dave. <sighs> Feel I think about I this have, one. I think I have my choice. Okay. Yeah, I think I do, too. Okay. I, oh, I, do. I want it to be true, mm -hmm. because I want to play this game. I'm going with... The second option, the Gordon Ramsay mm -hmm. VR game where you just get berated while you try to cook for Gordon Ramsay. Okay. I'm a glutton for punishment, and if that punishment is being doled out by an angry Gordon Ramsay in VR, I'm okay with it. <laughs> right. Um, I, you know, it sounds... Uh, because it sounds, uh, I think, the most... I, I guess, be, uh, well, what other reason would I pick it for? Because it sounds the most feasible to me. Sure. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna go with the first one. I'm going to go with the New Jersey superintendent uh, okay. uh, pooping on the... Uh, <laughs> I am also going to go with the pooper intendant. <laughs> ah, pooper intendant Chalmers. Poop. Welcome. <laughs> pooper intendant. Yeah. I hope you're prepared for an unforgettable vandalism. <laughs> All right, do we have our final answers here? It sounds like you guys are pretty sure of yourselves. They're going with the poop. I'm going with the Gordon Ramsay game. All righty. <laughs> I wanted something that rhymes, but I couldn't think of anything fast enough. The thing is, our guests are both right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you guys both Woo. guessed correctly. It is, in fact, the pooping superintendent. It was so <laughs> ridiculous that he sued. <laughs> right. Which is now, what I was like, okay, this has to be real. Yeah, ah. so what What? What are the deets? Why, what damages is he alleging? So I did I did some reading further on this because I wanted to be able to talk about it because the title <laughs> got me. was like, is that, <laughs> this is a thing? Um, That'll show that Janie McAllister <laughs> should have gone out with me. So, so what if I'm 40 years older than she is? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's just taking out some kind of like weird, weird <laughs> aggression. I guess the thing he is. He just hates 
track and field. <laughs> so never been a fan. Usain, never been a fan. Usain Bolt fucked his wife. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the story. He couldn't catch him. <laughs> he couldn't catch him, but he could leave something there for him. Yeah. Gotta, go fast. Gotta, gotta go real fast. Yeah, he did have to go fast. <laughs> the story is that this had been happening over and over again for days. He was what? a mad pooper. They kept finding poop by the track and being like, they told the police, like, we have a problem. Someone keeps pooping here. We keep finding poop. What so I guess basically they staked the who place out. the bed? <laughs> That's right. It's like the It's Always Sunny Who Pooped the Bed episode, <laughs> but on a track who in New the Jersey. Track and field. <laughs> So what happened is they staked the place out, and what they found was a Monday morning at 5.30 a.m., superintendent strolls on in, drops his pants, takes a shit, got him. Why do people poop in public? (laughs) I don't get it. You you can't even poop in a public restroom, and that's where the poop goes. Yes, that's where you're supposed to poop. Did he he (laughs) offer any kind of, like, rationale for why he would do such a thing? As you can imagine... There is not much that has been said by him about the incident itself. So what are the damages that he's suing? He's seeking a million dollars in damages because he claims that his mugshot was taken and released illegally. I'm not sure of the particulars of that, but if he's right... If they did, in fact, violate the law in how they did this, yeah. I can't really imagine. I mean, then, then sure. Yeah, I mean, they arrested him. Give the, so, public, I mean, give the public defecator a million dollars. Yeah. As long as they, like, followed all of the laws in, like, arresting him and taking the mugshot, that's public record. Right. Yeah. That's what I thought. But he may, maybe he found a loophole. Maybe they didn't read him as Miranda rights. Right. That's what those, I'm thinking. You know, uh, any number of things. But a, he, a poop hole, maybe. A poop, a what? You found a poop hole. <laughs> a poop hole in the law. <laughs> Me and Aubrey are on fire. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, this is about to be the puttiest episode we've ever done. Um, but uh, yeah, no, so that, that's a real story. The guy, apparently also his contract was set to expire in like 2020. So it's kind of like an early resignation thing. <laughs> Um, oh my god. Yeah, like he, I mean, I, I, I get real it. real early. Anytime I've ever resigned from a job, I've also pooped <laughs> in public job. at that job. <laughs> well, you know, in what, the two years leading up to it. What, what are you going to do? I mean, you find a guy pooping in front of the school, you can't fire him. He's got to walk away, obviously. So he, there he, so he did. Well, he's going to walk. He can't run because his pants are down around his ankles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought that was just so weird. Oh, man, that um, is bizarre. Although I will say, I also want that VR game to be a thing. Yes. And if someone's listening that can make that Someone happen, make it? I'll buy like 50 copies. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one's making this game. This is not a proposed game. But holy shit, would you It'd not want... It'd be sweet. Want, I would love that game. Just like, like the Kitchen Nightmares or, 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 or Hell's, Hell's Kitchen, Kitchen game. Kitchen VR game. Yeah. Like what I'm thinking is kind of like a, it would be like almost like a reality TV show, but in game, but also like a time management game. Yeah, so you have to do all these tasks, but then you present it. Yeah, like over. Yeah, but then you present it to Gordon Ramsay, and then he berates you. <laughs> I, I like him to be yelling at me the whole time. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. Like it's in the just, background, just, just, it's wrong. Taking the piss. <laughs> why not? Why not just cut out the middleman and just watch Kitchen Nightmares while you cook in real life? Because at least that way you get to eat it when you're done, <laughs> right? Idiot sandwich. Does he need to like insults in your ears, blaring constantly while you try to do something you care about? That's yeah. a good idea. That's good for my med. Health. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Um, but yeah, no. So that's uh, that's uh, trues and news. You guys, congratulations Nailed for getting it, guys. it correct. Thanks. Good that's job. like three weeks in a row for me. Nice. You know, I remember Chris. I remember saying he generally does fairly well at these as well. But he did say ever since he bragged about it, he's dropped oh. off quite a bit. Oh, really? So. <laughs> yeah. It's a, you know, it's a game that, like, it's really only as tricky as how much effort we actually put into it. Right. <laughs> the the more creative I am with it, the more I stump people. Yeah. Yes. That's true. It just sometimes. It's also like little details can really help. What, is the dog doing? Did he? Does the dog he, just fart? While yeah. Too, <laughs> I just got a mouthful of Oh, that. no. Oh, cheese and crackers. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're being taken no. down. By our dog's flatulence. Oh, God. Oh. oh, there it is. You know, I'm the farthest away from it, and uh, I got nothing yet. Nope. Don't throw it at me. <laughs> don't stop throwing it at it's me. It's your dog. He's kind <laughs> of like to? between me and Aubrey, so it just like wafted very quickly. Nope, now I got it. Sorry. <sighs> Thanks. Yeah, not okay, good. Okay, so if that happens again, we stop no matter what. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> not good. Um, but okay. it, it's time for the middle segment, and mm. I hand it off to you, Christy, because this is your turn for the middle segment. Yeah, I had a couple ideas of what to talk about, and I'm going to go with this one because I think everyone at the table will have something to contribute. Um, so there is an author that I've wanted to buy a book from for a while. I've talked about the Ona Ross and Carrie podcast, and they've mentioned him. That's how I heard of him. And I had heard of some of his works. I just didn't know his name, but his name is John Ronson, which is a name I always struggle with because I want to <laughs> say Ron, like Ron Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> um, but he is a journalist and he's written a lot of books. Um, he's written Men Who Stare at Goats, oh, which okay. you'd be familiar with. I've seen the movie. Um, he helped write, he like co-wrote the screenplay for the movie Frank. Do you guys remember that? Nope. It's no. this guy who's in a band, but he wears, like, a big, like, paper mache head, and he oh. never takes it off. Okay, now I do remember That's that. That's based no. on real events, and that band, John Ronson was in that band in oh, real really? life. So he helped write that <laughs> screenplay. Um, John Ronson. It, it keeps making me think of Jeff Jimerson, the Penguins, uh, the Penguins yeah. guy who's, whose name should obviously be Jim Jefferson, but isn't. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. But that's, he writes a lot of stuff about, like, psychology and things like that. And the book that I wanted to get by him was, it's called The Psychopath Test. Oh, okay. And it's kind mm. of like his introduction to psychopaths and his beginning of interest in it. And I just got the Audible audiobook and started listening to it. So I don't really have like a review of it or anything yet. Read by Pee Wee Herman. It's actually read by Ron John or by It's written by John Ronson, but it's read by Ron Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, I'm sorry. Welcome John to this Ronson. book by John Ronson. I'm Ron Johnson. No relation. <laughs> Uh, no, John weird. Ronson reads it himself, which is cool. Um, I have been enjoying that. But I the reason I wanted the book is I am fascinated by um, psychopaths, sociopaths, and narcissists. And mm. I know both Ben yeah. and Aubrey mm. uh, were psychology majors in college. And nope. so I just figured all of us would have maybe... I was a psychology minor, by the way. Oh, I didn't... Well, almost a psychology minor. I lied. I was one class away from being a psychology minor. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> but 
I think all of us have enough like fascination with these things that we would have like something psychology related that we're fascinated by to talk about. Yeah. So whoever wants to pipe up or like a good book you read about or something. Oh, wait, hold on. There's a prompt. Yeah, this is a prompt. <laughs> like if we want to just talk psychology stuff. <clears throat> but okay. I've, I've been fascinated by psychopaths and sociopaths and narcissists and how to deal with them. Like how to interact with them to basically get them to leave you alone. Uh, oh, really? Which is like <clears throat> make yourself really boring. Yeah. yeah and don't right. engage with their bullshit. And they call it um, gray rocking. Yeah. So you just don't like acknowledge what they're saying. Like if they say something to you and try to like be dramatic, you just like kind of acknowledge it. Eat you for the third week I, in no, a row. No, sh- sh- I, but sh- David. I didn't do anything except not turn my phone off again. Again. <laughs> <laughs> what do I got to do to get you to make this podcast a priority, mister? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we're getting interrupted by dog farts. I kind of feel like it's my okay. phone is not that big a deal. No, <laughs> it's not. True. It's not at all. It's true. And that was like, it was on vibrate. Yeah, it wasn't it was even just like a, a real sound. Yeah. I just like giving you shit. Yeah. But yeah. you're right, the dog fart was way worse. I didn't taste your phone going off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine mine has to be on, uh, so it might vibrate once in a while, but uh, mine has to be on because there's some notes on here that I, I need to consult. Yeah, right. Oh, that's fine. Um, I will say uh, on the subject of, uh, uh, like, uh, uh, the psychology type things. Recently, I dipped into the psychopath subreddit, like I do every now and then, just yeah, to see what's going on too. there. Because it's just one of these things. And, of course, I only lurk. You should only ever lurk unless right. you're there, unless unless you're, you know, a person, you know, with psychopathy, you know, because they they basically hate people playing spot the psychopath, which is all you want to do in there is, you know, read and analyze what <laughs> yeah. people are talking about. And, yeah. Um, but every now and then I dip in just because it's an interesting, it's just a, like, a different headspace that I don't totally understand. Right. It's fascinating because I don't have that. Like, yeah. I don't have that lack of empathy. If anything, I've got too much empathy, and so it, I'm just flailing a wildly. A crippling amount of empathy. Right, yes. <laughs> exactly. So it's really difficult to understand or even fathom what it would be like to yeah. not have that. Which is why, like, sure. I, you know, I'll end up there and just lurk as a purely academic ex- exercise, just to be like, "What y'all talking about?" <laughs> you know, or like it'll be like, "Oh, so you kind of like your kid, but you're not sure you love him." That's interesting, and then I move on. You I know, feel that's just parents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, kids that's not necessarily suck. a psychosocial path. What if your right. kid's just an asshole? Yeah, right? right. Sometimes your kid is an asshole. Like that's a normal thing. Sometimes <laughs> your kid's an asshole. Yep. Uh, so I don't know. That's that's something that I just do this every now and then because I'm like I'm, I just I'm always interested in the headspaces of people that are not like me. Yeah, right. and the way they just, see yeah. the world and think. Just peeping on the yeah on yeah. the sociopath. And this just happens to be an extreme version of a headspace I don't understand. So that's what, right. That's the, the the curiosity. I think right? that's the draw, and also because whenever we hear about <laughs> terms like sociopath and psychopath, it's always in connection with some big bad thing that happened it's a serial killer or it's you know that kind of tv show and obviously not all psychopaths and sociopaths yeah do those the vast majority do not there's a lot of uh there's a lot of hollywood interpretation of that kind of thing that unfortunately colors the perspectives of a lot of people right um yeah uh, that's something that gets on my nerves a lot as a psychology major is 
just... Well, honestly, I was going to say something. We watched the trailer for the new Halloween movie. Yeah, right. And when they... This isn't a spoiler because it was in the trailer. Right. But there was a bus accident and it was for mental patients. Right. I hate that. Such a broad thing. And very (laughs) few mental patients are violent. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Most people with mental disorders aren't violent. Yeah. You know what? And it's just very frustrating. Yeah, right. Because they always do that. You're right. It's just like, oh, he's mental. And it's like, well, what does that mean? That's a lot of of different things. Yeah. You know what? Um, There's another... um, it's one of those things like like once you start noticing it, you you won't stop noticing it. Is the way Hollywood handles amnesia, um, oh. like uh, you know, if you ever seen the Born Identity, uh, where his like his memories start coming back in response to certain stimuli like that. It, that isn't how yeah, that's that, oh, not yeah. how that works. And they'll do that like flash of like a gray sort of like oh I'm having a flashback to a right. thing right yeah, yeah. Oh, um, unlock my memories like a puzzle right. box. Uh, yeah, so that's what what that is is what's called retrograde amnesia, where you can't remember things from your past. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, actually, weirdly enough, uh, Frankie Muniz has that, um, and really? he mm. he can't remember filming any of Malcolm in the Middle. He can't remember anything from beyond like six years in the past. Is um, that normally associated with trauma? I don't. I don't think so. I think it was a congenital thing, but but like it's something he's going to have to live with the rest of his life. He'll only be able to remember like several years in the past and nothing beyond huh. that. Um, so basically, once something gets stored to like long term memory, he it's can't. it's gone. Um, wow. Brian, yeah. Brian Cranston uh, keeps in touch with him and and uh, talks with him about the good times they had on uh, filming oh, Malcolm in the Middle sweet. to kind of yeah. like help help him kind of you know uh, relive still and re- have those memories those, even though yeah, he doesn't remember memories. them. Um, it's sad to lose that. Uh, it is, but I think honestly, I feel like interrograde, which is the opposite of yeah. retrograde, is can't, scarier. You can't create new memories. Yeah, you can't yeah. create new memories. Um, like at like all? in Fifty First Dates. Fifty First Dates uh, yeah. is actually oh a surprisingly God. accurate depiction yes, of interrograde amnesia. Yes, really, very, um, that's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the girl Adam Sandler's going after uh, can't form new memories. She she's re- living the same day over and over, basically. And uh, it's a it's a charming movie. It's actually pretty. It is a, it's it is a good nice. movie. It has a good ending. Yeah. Um, it's sweet. Have you seen that one? I Dave? actually surprisingly have. Yeah, it's uh, a sweet movie. I, I do like that movie. And then also, if you, I like Drew Barrymore. Me too. So anything she's in, really. Yeah. Um, Drew Barrymore was a crush of mine back uh, when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, me too, buddy. And properly still, <laughs> everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to some degree, always will be. Anyway. Who didn't have? Who didn't and or doesn't have a crush on Drew Barrymore? <laughs> I mean, she still looks pretty the same. Yeah. Oh yes. yeah, and there's um, something about the way she talks that's just really adorable. Yeah, yeah. Like she's just very accessible and cute and charming. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you want a more mind fucky version of uh, <laughs> depiction of oh, anterior, mind fucky, a more mind fucky uh, depiction of anterior grade amnesia, Memento is the movie to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, Memento also uh, very accurately depicts, uh, but also you know in in that it works through the story backwards. It also mm-hmm. it also uh, sort of keeps you 
in the sensation of of you know not remembering what came before. Yeah. If you want to find out, you got to watch the next scene. But yeah. by the time you start the next scene, you know, like there's there's a point where uh, Lenny wakes up and in like a hotel bathroom and he's got a gun in his hand and it's like you know how did how did this you've, happen? You've got ten more questions for every right. scene that you're just waiting for yeah, the answers. I've, I've never yeah. seen Memento. I mean, I know I know the end. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I've never actually seen it, but. It does look like it's. It was a cool like movie. It's a good movie. It's uh, you know, ironically, I don't remember much of it. <laughs> <laughs> dun dun dun! It's been a long time since I've watched it too. Yeah, I always. It was a challenging movie for me just because it there's a lot going on and it's really confusing because it is like backwards and I think it took me a couple watches to really understand what was happening yeah. at all. Um. So another psychology thing that annoys me. Is um, I think the face that Dave just made at me. No, I'm curious. Um, <laughs> do tell. I am pissed Ooh. off by the idea of recovered memories. Oh, uh, this is. Yeah. I mean, this is something that, generally speaking, most Would, modern people know. Like, that's not a thing. Rec- of like, um, like I have repressed memories that I repressed dug up memories, in recovered oh, memories sure, sure. that. We we did therapy. We found these recovered memories. Hypnosis. Yeah. 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 The mind is very malleable. And so. Shockingly fragile. Right. And trying to like dig around and root around per se and like find something missing in your memory. You can create memories doing that. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I we do this every time. Every time we like just naturally, every time you remember something, you kind of rewrite it. So you mm-hmm. can misremember things, and then that's your memory. Yeah, yeah. The and so it's really easy to do like naturally. Watching a video, mm-hmm. it's, right? It's not an actual replay of events, and it pisses me off because people's lives were ruined by that shit. Yeah, and most commonly, it was like a lot of really horrible memories of like, oh, you have this behavior you don't understand. It must be because you have this repressed memory of being abused or something like well, that. See, a lot of that is psychoanalysis, which I don't right. even believe in mm-hmm. yeah. as a psychology person. Well, psychoanalysis is Sigmund Freud's yeah, yeah, yeah. version of psychology. Cocaine Not is Freud. a hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah. It's right. one of the first things you learn about when you start down the road to a psychology degree and i do not believe in any of it Mm -hmm. i think it's all garbage well i mean there there's some there's some like well first of all laid the foundation for a lot of things that made more sense well yeah Um, no i'm not saying it wasn't important but i'm saying in today's value in it but it is not i don't think it should be valued as much as it is today no but i mean there's there are certain things that do make a lot of sense like like um you know uh like the dude who you know, revs his motorcycle and, and goes, you know, 80 and a 45, uh, you know, might have a small winky. <laughs> or know. like if you smoke a cigar, you so you want a peanut. I, <laughs> I still think that's I think you can explain that away with other personality traits. I'm yeah. not. Sure. I still don't think that there's other there's other more, more cogent theories of personality that that speak right. to like less physical insecurities. Yeah, uh, I still think, think everything think was about 
poop and pee and penises and vaginas. Like yeah. everything no, could be brought right. back it, to that. And that's very simplistic. <laughs> no, it is simplistic, that's but it's true. The truth. <laughs> yeah. Hello, I'm Sigmund Freud. I'm here to talk to you about poo poo and pee pee. Everything. Your mama. Everything and came back to and that. Hoo-hahs. Yeah. <laughs> everything came back to that with Freud, and that's just very simplistic. And I, I can't understand. I don't think that many people would be helped by <clears throat> putting into being put into those kind of boxes that just it doesn't suit every single yeah, person. Yeah, and that's why like I don't like psychoanalysis anyway. But it's something that's very popular in places like California or mm-hmm. you know yeah. Where, yeah. <laughs> well, they eat, li- they eat anything up out there, don't it, they? They, I love California, but they do. Yeah, they kind of <laughs> do, right? I mean, I want to live there. It's, well, it's like my dream place. But yeah. it's it's true that all of the fad things psychoanalysis is one of those and mm-hmm. it's very popular with that stuff and i think it's just a way to it's just a cash grab yeah well especially <laughs> in places so like la it's a lot of people searching for themselves yeah so if you want to sell someone something go to a place where everyone's insecure and wants to figure out what their problems are yeah. Yeah. sell them the solutions and then just it end up making sense. porn anyway right <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny you talk about this psychoanalysis thing and the recovered memories thing. I remember reading, I don't know how accurate this is, and maybe you guys are aware of this, but, like, apparently there was a big rash of, like, in specifically, like, in our lifetime of, like, therapists talking to kids and, like, essentially convincing them of abuses that didn't actually happen. Yeah. Which is, like, a really scary thing because once once you convince someone through some means that something actually happened... Um, that stays with them. That becomes a memory. It destroyed families. And the problem is these claims should be taken seriously. And when kids do make these claims, we need to do a better job as a society of listening. Right. And we need to do a better job of making sure kids use the right language. Like, using goofy terms as an adult, saying hoo-ha, fine. But, like, you need to teach your kids the real terms for things so they know the boundaries Mm -hmm. and they know what things are called so they could tell you if someone touches them in an inappropriate place. Because we need to be able to, like, understand what our kids are saying and, like, trust what they're saying and act on it. But that was, like, I feel like that took us... Or steps backwards in being able to, like, believe kids when they say stuff. Yeah, because listening to kids is one thing. And right. then, like, pulling something out of their heads is another thing. And right. I think there was a large chunk of time where well-meaning people created a lot of problems for people. I don't think that anyone did this intentionally, yeah. of course, but it was misguided. And it's something that just pisses me off so much. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the same with, I mean... Yes, there are people that lie about rape, but the majority don't. Right. So to err on the side of caution, I always believe someone if they tell me that they were assaulted. Absolutely. Like, Mm -hmm. and if they are lying, then they're just hurting themselves. They're not hurting me. Like, they're hurting, they could, if they take it to court, they could be hurting someone else. Mm. And that's not fair. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's why. But there's way more people who have been assaulted and not believed when they're telling the truth, then yeah, who are lying about being assaulted. I think we also yeah. know bullshit when we hear it. Like, everyone knows the person who has a million awful stories of how everything bad happened to them right. constantly. And yeah. you're kind of like, okay, well, too, too, statistically too many awful things are happening to you all the time. Yeah, you know I've, I mean? I've had a few <laughs> occasions that I've told you about where someone told me something and I was like, 
I hate, I would never say this to the person's face. Sure. And I hate to be the person that thinks this, but I don't believe they're telling the truth about it. Yeah. Because it's that situation of you like can, some, some people you know when they're bullshitting you, but yeah. most of the time, like yeah, if someone makes a claim, case. I'm just going to believe that claim. Yeah. And even then, if it's a person that's telling me this thing that happened to them, even if something in my brain is telling me it might not be true, I'm still going to go with it and be like, sorry, that happened. Like, is there something that needs to be done? Yeah. Cause the, the, cause the important thing really, like whether you are right about them or not, is not actually, that's not what is going to come out of your mouth. Right. What's going to come out of your mouth is support. And if you really don't believe them, just try to drop it. Yeah. You're right. You know? Yeah. Now, this took this like a got weird... dark. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> this took like a weird dark turn there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was I my need fault. Less... No, 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 that no, was no, my no. fault. I brought up repressed memories. Um, <laughs> I always get stark because I'm mad about it. Um, <laughs> I wrote like, so we had to write in English class in high school. We had to write like a sermon, basically. I wrote mine about recovered memory therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, this has been bugging you a long time. (laughs) That was high school. (laughs) (laughs) Like junior year. Just about, uh, what, 13 I was going to say, that's uh, over a decade that this has been bothering you. (laughs) Let's not talk about it. (laughs) Well, why don't we just take ourselves a little bork bork. A little brag brag? A little brag brag. All right, I'm not... I might uh, I might drop out because I don't I don't know I don't really have anything to say about no you could be a listener as well yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna listen from the couch well you well, can do that if you want I mean, that's fine it's, <laughs> it's up to, it's to you up but to you. we're just gonna be listening to a story oh, okay. also, well also so. like my these oh. earbuds are really itching and oh. so okay tune in in well, a few minutes to figure out whether she's still here or not <laughs> the mystery Ooh. after. The break break. After break break. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Be right back. Bye. 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 We are back. Are we, and are we we're back? back. Are we? Are we rolling? Are we rolling? Are we rolling? Yeah, we're rolling. Looks like it. Okay. Yeah, I like how rolling. high your voice gets when we, you say are that. Are we rolling? Are we rolling? Are we rolling? Are we rolling? Are we back? Are we rolling? <laughs> no, we are Devo. <laughs> Ah, yes, okay, so we are back for the main segment for this episode, which, as discussed previously, is video game related. Hence, our video game yes. expert, Ben, had to come in <laughs> to explain this one to us. Would you like to just take introduce off running, it. introduce All the right. topic? All right, well, um, this is this is one that's, that's uh, kind of near and dear to my heart. I... Um, Morty. Morty. Man, you know what? Our, our regular audience is not used to this much burping. <laughs> I apologize. I, I, get, okay. I get acid reflux sometimes, and I had, I had pork and beans for dinner. <laughs> I can't wait for this shit we get. <laughs> it, was, it was all right, but did there have to be so much burping? <laughs> the we, answer is yes. Because that's the dude cast in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> I've had a lot of sodi. Uh, yeah, it's a burpy baby. More burpy babies. It's okay. It's normal. It's, it's fine, sweetie. Relax. Sweetie. You know, it's I've natural never, and beautiful. I've never <laughs> had to become like so, just like used to burping as 
now when I play roller derby because there's what? burping constantly. Like, really? People always belching at roller derby practice. I have a question. What the fuck? It's normal. Burping is normal. And yeah. Burp why happen. so much? I don't know, but it's a burpy bunch sometimes. A, why more than normal? I don't know, but well, well, because you are so close with each other that like you have to burp. You just burp. Like women, it's like you guys doing it on the podcast yeah, on the dude cast. It's, it's like because you're friends and it doesn't matter and there's no pretenses. Yeah. We smell each other's and feel each other's sweat constantly, <laughs> and we smell like crap because gear <laughs> smells disgusting. Oh, if yeah, we can deal with that. There's a, it doesn't matter. You burp a little bit. There's Fine, a, I don't care. There's a reason why the face wash in hockey is a thing. <laughs> Putting your stanky ass glove up in another guy's face to, <laughs> to rile him up. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, um, Anyways, we so, were starting something. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, so this topic is this is one that's that's sort of near and dear to my heart because of of all the the different kinds of video games I play regularly and have experience with. I tend to be best at and uh, continually come back to first person shooters. Yeah. Um, which uh, which I'm I'm familiar with uh, across many eras eras of gaming. Um, and the the game in question is a is a first person shooter. The game I'm going to be talking about uh, one of the most legendary flops in the history of video gaming. Daikatana. I'm so excited about this the one. The floppiest flop to ever have flopped. <laughs> Truly is a legendary flop monster. <laughs> um, yeah, Daikatana uh, was released in 2000. It, uh, uh, on the tail end of, of three years, a three-year development cycle. It's uh, long. It's, it's long. a lot of time there, to put into something that doesn't succeed. There are a couple of reasons uh, for why it took that long and, and uh, why it didn't succeed. Um, and there was a lot of hype around it. There was so much hype. It was announced in 1997, and the hype surrounding it was palpable. It was... It was <laughs> you got to get hype. Yeah. Get get hype. It was it was it was pretty hype. Like for the time, it was it was a uh, it was a really really ambitious thing. It promised so much and delivered on so little. <laughs> um, a lot of pe- I've heard a lot of people say too. Like even by today's standards, what Daikatana tried to do is ambitious. Like even by today's standards. Oh really? Um, and uh, I'll get into that. But to to understand. Uh, why there was so much hype around Daikatana, we got to start from the beginning. And the beginning is 1991. 1991. 1991. In the beginning, there were belly shirts. In the distant future, (laughs) when Surge was still around before it went away and then came back. In the distant future? Is that right? Wait, did I say distant future? (laughs) Yes. Well, yeah, it's just the future in an opposite direction. Yeah, yeah. God, that's obviously what I meant. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like you know how when you get when you get to the BC years, they start going up. Yeah, you know? like, yeah. It's like, it's all right. Because the future works in reverse, also. So Ben knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so to set the stage, 1991, uh, George <laughs> Herbert Walker Bush is still president. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 1991. Um, where I'm going to start is February. February '91 is when uh, id Software was founded. But um, uh, later that later that same year, uh, a lot of things happened. The internet uh, debuted and was made available to the public in 1991. Sweet. Um, uh, MS DOS. Yeah, Al Gore made that right. Yeah, all by himself <laughs> in his garage. <laughs> 
<laughs> just just spent an afternoon just like <laughs> slapping some axle grease on that there internet, He's getting ready to ship it out to the public. Hit it with an angle grinder, brush it up real nice. <laughs> there was a lathe involved at some point. Yeah, right. Oh, that's fancy. <laughs> Put it in one of those big t- uh, rubber made like Tupperware buckets and <laughs> took it to Congress. And I'm like, look look, look what I did. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, MS-DOS version 5 released in June of 91. Adobe Photoshop version 2 was released in June of That's 91. That's a trip. Uh, Apple introduced QuickTime on, in uh, December of 91. Python, uh, Fortran were introduced. Uh, no kidding. Uh, PGP encryption was introduced in 1991. Uh, pretty good privacy. Yeah, right. PGP, pretty good privacy. <laughs> pretty good privacy. I like that. Um yeah, a lot of a lot of shit going on. The uh, uh, hypertext transfer protocol HTTP debuted along with the internet. Yeah, because that's how the internet works. <laughs> because it needed something. <laughs> um, the domain Microsoft.com came online in May on May second, nineteen ninety one. No kidding. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, anywho, um, in nineteen ninety one, uh, there was a there was a Louisiana based company called SoftDisk. Uh, which actually uh, I was a- seems like really easy to mispronounce. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say John yeah. Ronson reliably. I work for what soft dicks. Yeah. So what do you think the likelihood <laughs> is that people just were always saying soft dicks? <laughs> I like to think they did it a couple of times <laughs> and then kind of face palm and oh. uh, so, so soft disc was around for a while. Um, uh, and it surprised me actually to learn that they only folded uh, two years ago. Really? Um, yeah. Well, wow. so this uh, this soft disk company that provided software solutions for for offices and businesses and corporations and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a man there by the name of John Romero, who was who was uh, uh, had been a programmer for most of his adult life. Um, he uh, had already developed a, like a couple of you know small little games for like Commodore sixty four and Apple two. Yeah, my jam Commodore sixty four. <laughs> I wonder uh, if he made that uh, Aladdin Magic Curver game. <laughs> I have to do the research. Oh man, well, well there there is a list of all the shit he's made. I wonder. I wonder. Um, we'll have to look at that uh, later I, on. I and would see if remember that comes up. the name of it when I hear it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So John Romero. Um. Befriends uh, three men named Tom Hall, John Carmack, and Adrian Carmack. Uh, no relation. Okay. Um, and the a lot f- of Carmacks for no relation. <laughs> the four the four of them decide to leave their job at SoftDisk and start their own company, which they call ID Software. Um, ID, Legend. Yes. Uh, anyone anyone who has played any first person shooter at all owes everything about that genre about that format of game to a little game called Wolfenstein 3D. Yeah. Uh which which debuted in 1992. I remember distinctly the box art for Wolfenstein. Yeah. Because it had this like Patrick Swayze looking dude like like I can't remember if he had guns in his hands or if he was just like air kicking through like Nazis and stuff. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know. I see. I seem to remember it being like he's like kind of peeking around a corner with a gun in his hand and there's a there's a Nazi patrolling. And I remember that on the splash screen. Oh, OK. Yeah. yeah. The, the box right. art you're was right. like like painted realistic. Oh, OK. <laughs> it looked like so epic. Yeah. 
Um, I'm yeah. looking this up. Okay. <laughs> Carry on. So Wolfenstein 3D uh, pretty much invented a new genre of game, the first-person shooter, where you're looking at the action through the eyes of the protagonist yeah. who is armed. Uh, and in Wolfenstein 3D, uh, as we as we said, you play as BJ Blaskowitz and you go around and shoot Nazis. Yeah. Um, it was pretty basic for the time, and, and it didn't include, like, all it was was like rooms and hallways. Yeah. You know, uh, just just your most basic geometry that you could possibly think of. You had to run this through MS-DOS. Uh, uh, Windows 3.1 wouldn't come out until 1992. So, like, there wasn't even a GUI to to uh, launch the game through yeah. at the time. Um, but then in 1993, id Software struck fucking gold when they made doom oh my god uh, which is which is considered uh the the archetype the 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 uh uh archetypal uh uh what's the word i'm looking for progenitor of yeah. of the first person shooter genre i played a lot of doom oh i knew Do- doom doom is <laughs> doom yeah doom is immortal it's still to this day just but, buttloads of fun. Yeah, I, um, I found the Wolfenstein 3D cover. By the way, okay. it oh. is Patrick Swayze kicking a Nazi while holding a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That? That's right. Yeah, that's right. It's not really Patrick Swayze, no. but it yeah. does bear a resemblance. <laughs> got his shirt off. He's holding the gun up. And so freaking fucking, cool. He's got a little mullet. <laughs> <laughs> and and Doom was like, I mean, Doom was leaps and bounds ahead of, you know, Wolfenstein obviously <laughs> having benefited from the, the advances in the technology. Right. At the time Doom came out, it was like nothing anyone had ever seen. It was awesome. Um, all, all the 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 textures uh, of of walls and and floors and ceilings. Um, it introduced the idea, which which seems trivial now, but um, uh, elevated. Uh, areas like there were different elevations for different parts of the level, so you could have like a big staircase winding up into a thing that overlooks uh, a different yeah, like area. Topogra- yeah. Topography and games, right? Uh, the 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 classic <clears throat> Doom elevator type thing where you step on a platform and it lifts you up right. to the whole second floor of action. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. Oftentimes coming up right in front of something. That's you waiting saying for that you. just brought back memories, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, yeah, and then yeah, uh, teleporters they had. Um, uh, the gun bobbed up and down in, in step with the player's movements to make it look yeah. like you know you're running with this thing in your hands. Yeah, um, so much fun, and the game like oozed attitude too. Like, it did, including like the difficulties having names like hurt me plenty. Yeah, it was iconic, and it had like a definite, well developed. Yeah. Like it was cohesive, right? It was Melon's um, hell. <laughs> Doom, uh, Doom sold a grand total of fifteen million copies. No kidding. Uh, to put that in perspective, Halo Two, one of the most anticipated games in history, sold eight point four million worldwide. Wow. No kidding. Um. Wow. Wow. Like, like 15 million total copies of Doom across the world. It, like Doom, when I say Doom was a big fucking deal, it was huge. All of a sudden, PC gaming was was a thing that could be real and could take off yeah. thanks to the thanks to these four guys in like you know a first floor office building in some like you know out of the way little office park. Yeah, uh, on the West Coast. 
And they, you know, they were doing it. They they made one of the most successful video games ever made. I also seem to remember the way I got Doom at first was a I downloaded a demo, which took an eternity back then. Sure. But I don't, I don't remember there being a lot of demos of games prior to this. I remember this being like a like everyone had it and played it. Because yeah. Because you right. could get the first handful of levels for free. Yeah. 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 PC. Um, yeah, that was uh, another like when with the advent of PC gaming, a lot of things changed. One of the biggest um, uh, that uh, uh, Doom came equipped with the capability of was the ability to play over LAN, over local area network. Yeah. Um, so now, so now you and your friends could run around shooting one another. Yeah. Um, and you're certainly right about uh, about the attitude too. 1993 also saw the release of the first Mortal Kombat, which was so yeah. controversial that it necessitated the creation of the electronic soft or uh, sorry, entertainment software ratings board. Yeah, right. Um, the that was ESRB. a big Tipper Gore thing, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Concerned parents around the country didn't uh, want their kids playing Mortal Kombat and Doom, so the ESRB was founded to put a little label on the thing saying you know hey this there's blood and guts in this i remember the the uh the mortal Kombat release on the super nintendo featured i don't know if it was the first one or the second one but i remember they specifically made all the blood green because everyone was right. so concerned yeah well it's, it's fine if they're bleeding <laughs> green then it's not that scary <laughs> do you remember that yeah <laughs> yeah, like it's okay. Like, they're just aliens. You can murder them violently. Yeah. <laughs> they look like people, but they're not. But <laughs> yeah, right. It's, uh, we're not teaching kids anything bad here. That it's, like it's we're, a more disturbing message, isn't it? Right. <laughs> they look like people, but they're not. But it's they're okay not, to it's kill fine. them. They bleed different. Right. By the time you get to Mortal Kombat 3, I think like two thirds of the roster isn't even technically human. You've got outworlders and robots and mm-hmm. yeah. whatever reptile is. They're like three of the same <laughs> robot in different colors. Is he a yeah, reptile? Palette swaps. In fact, he is. <laughs> um, <laughs> got it. Got it. <laughs> yes. Uh, Sector, Cyrax, mm-hmm. um, Cyber Sub Zero. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, 1993, Doom comes out and, the, you know, they follow up these successes with like. Um, or, well, Commander Keen, I think, came before Wolfenstein. But um, Commander Keen, you know, fun little platformer. Um, uh, they followed up with Doom 2 yeah. and uh, eventually with Quake. Uh, the first mm. the first Quake, which I believe was 1995. Really? Um, they were working fast. Like, that's yeah. a lot of stuff to produce. Yeah, yeah. They'd, they'd have, like, a year-long development cycle per game. And, and when it came out, it, it you know... It was pretty much on top of the world in the early 90s. And, and you know, now with uh, with QuakeCon uh, come and gone, it's kind of on top of the world now in, in gaming again. Yeah, they haven't Every, gone away. No, no, they've they've always been around. They've always um, they had that weird part in like the early 2000s where they, you know, they made Quake 4 and Doom 3 and nobody liked them. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they kind of fell from grace for a hot second. Right. There's a Doom movie. There's Coming a Doom out, movie. Right? Isn't the rock in it? There is. A, yeah, there it there's. Yeah, it came out. Um, oh, God, I don't even remember. It must have been like 2006 or 2007. Somewhere around there. Um, yeah, it. it um, oh, God, I thought this was recent. <laughs> no, no, it, uh, I it, was like, this will be fun to talk about recent news. <laughs> you're getting older. It, I know my it, brain's broken. Uh, it features Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, it doesn't star him, but it features him. And it also features a cool, like, first-person segment, like, near the end, which I think is why everyone went to see that movie, because it, like, showed up in the trailers, and there was talk that the whole movie was going to be like that, and it wasn't. Right. Um, (laughs) There's also some weird shit about, like, uh, 
the the monsters in the movie aren't demons from hell as they are in the video games, uh, but they are like genetic experiments that feed off of the evil in people's hearts or <laughs> some nonsense like that. Oh, come on. <laughs> um, Don't try to make this a moral story. I want to <laughs> fight some hell beasts. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just, yeah, demons invade Mars. And then in, in Doom 2, as things go, demons invade Earth. And yeah. they and they kill Doom Guy's pet bunny rabbit Daisy. Very, the original John Wick. Yeah, was it, was it John? It, it was John Wick. Yeah, yeah. you got it. <laughs> I know things. <laughs> um. So anyway, while this is still haven't seen that movie. <laughs> so while this is going on, John Romero uh, describes this as his his uh, turbo period. I, I think is what he called it. Okay. Um. He not only designed. Most of the maps for the first chapter of Doom, Knee Deep in the Dead, which are some of the best first-person shooter maps uh, to have been created, uh, uh, he designed most of Quake, like almost the entirety of Quake is his map design. <laughs> really? Um, and he also designed uh, the supplementary software for the games like uh, iGrab, which compiles uh, textures and assets into uh, what are called WAD files, .wad. Um, and the, that's what the game reads when it generates a map. Yeah. Um, also, he was on a lot of coke. <laughs> he probably. He pro- <laughs> you're joking. He probably right. was. Most likely. That's, well, that's a lot of productivity. <laughs> well, ju- well, just wait, because he like uh, his his trajectory kind of goes like this. Okay. Um, uh, he designed the uh, setup program, the install that that's like the vertically upward that, um, for the listeners. <laughs> yeah. Right. His trajectory. Yeah, oh yeah. Goes yeah. Sorry. Up. Um, his uh, the setup program that installs these games, uh, Doom Ed and Quake Ed, which are spelled doomed and quaked, uh, <laughs> which are the which are the level editors for for Doom and Quake, respectively, and uh, a bunch of other complementary software. And he's doing all of this in in the span of uh, the five years that he was with id Software okay. uh, from 91 to 96. Um, in Doom 2, he's uh, John Romero is featured uh, in an Easter egg in the, in the, uh, the final boss of doom two is called the icon of sin. And it's a, a big face in the wall that you got to shoot at. But if you no clip through it, um, uh, no clip allows, uh, the player to, to kind of bypass the physical restrictions of the level and essentially fly and go through walls. Yeah. Um, it's a useful debugging tool, but you can also use it if you get stuck. Um, yeah. uh, if you no clip through the boss's face, there's a there's a sprite behind it in a little in a little box, uh, and it's John Romero's head impaled on a spike. <laughs> and if you, and if you shoot it, you beat the game instantly. <laughs> That's funny. Um, That's incredible. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, uh, when you first encounter the icon of sin, there's a it it plays like this distorted like you know this demonic message, and what it is is a distorted and uh, reversed message of John Romero saying, "To beat the game, you must defeat me, John Romero." <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's great. They really kind of let them. They really let them throw a lot of like weird stuff in there. Had yeah. a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah. So. You know, by this point, like by Doom 2, everyone knows John Romero's name. He is a ha- he is a household name in the world of PC gaming. They really were, too. That's the thing is like even like back when I was, you know, like, you know, I I, I didn't really care about who made shit. I just played the shit. But I knew right. him. I knew the names Carmack and Romero. Yeah. John John Carmack in particular is a is a very famous name in yeah. in uh, in FPS fandom. Yeah. Um. The guy who John Carmack was responsible for most of Quake Three, 
Quake Three Arena, which is um, oh god, one of, probably one of my favorite first person shooters ever made. Yeah, um, it's still good. It's still really good. It's uh, it's you know, it's a shame no one plays it. But hey, we got Quake Champions now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be um, I gotta yeah. reinstall and play that. Yeah. Um. So anyway, um, during the the designing of uh, Quake Two. Or no, not Quake 2, I'm sorry. During, during like, the later stages of the first Quake, mm-hmm. uh, John Romero and the rest of the team uh, started having creative differences, especially him and John Carmack. Um, you know, Romero felt that he was, like, you know, putting in, like, real overdrive stuff, which he kind of was. But, but um, what the real, the, the real conflict was sort of between John Carmack, who just wanted the game done. He wants it done, working, so we, they can ship it. Romero had all these ideas. He wanted to work every single idea he had into the game because, you know, he's an ambitious designer. It's funny how often that dynamic plays itself out. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, that's that's like the Jobs Wozniak thing, right? You have Jobs as the business guy, you know, and maybe he, you know, maybe knows how to sell it. But you have like this this creative visionary Wozniak type, too. Yeah. Creatives who don't know how to shut it off. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) For some reason, that thing of like the the creative who just wants to fit all of the ideas into the thing reminds me of um someone who wrote like their own memoir or talking about when you write a book sometimes you need to leave your favorite parts on the cutting room floor yeah sometimes if there's something you're absolutely in love with you should just cut it because yeah. you're not going to be objective about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Those um, two forces play but, each other out, and even if it's the same person in a lot of creative pursuits. There's right. the thing that like just chucks just, ideas, and there's the thing that cuts Maybe back. not every idea should be in that game. Yeah. This is a per, one a big, really perfect <laughs> reason uh, as as to uh, the downfall of Daikatana. Um, as, I, okay. As we're find he, out. I'm in. He didn't have his foil I'm, I'm, <laughs> to I'm be in. like... Maybe slow down, buddy. I'm right. super into seeing where this goes. So by 1996, John Carmack is a fucking rock star. He has a net worth <laughs> of millions, nice. like tens of millions of dollars in personal capital. Justifiably. Um, so in 1996, uh, he leaves id with Tom Hall and founds Ion Storm, uh, which is uh, – didn't, unfortunately, didn't last very long. Um, so he found. So he has, as we're going to find out. So he found Zion Storm with Tom Hall. Uh, there, he decides to put their headquarters in the penthouse suite of the Chase Tower in downtown Dallas, Texas, uh, with a sister office uh, located in Austin, Texas. And that sister uh, development team is, is. I'll I'll come back to that later. Um, but so the rent for this thing as you can imagine, is like hundreds of thousands of dollars per month. Oh my yeah. God. Um, not even in count, not even counting the, uh, this is just to lease the fucking space. Oh my this God. This isn't counting the, the other expenses utilities that, utilities um, and utilities, paying people. Um, yeah. he, computer paper, computer paper, <laughs> computer paper, computer paper. Yeah. Yeah. Little known fact. He, he, Initial programming of programming of Daikatana started on punch cards. <laughs> it was done freehand with a pen. <laughs> um, so uh, one of the things that he put in this penthouse suite was was a functioning theater uh, with theater seating and and large projectors. 
Okay. Uh, so it was it was kind of like how you know when you when you look at like tours of Google's offices now and they've got like a ping pong table. Yeah. You know, it just it's like hey, it, we don't want you to feel like you're at work. You know? Yeah, right. Just please never leave. Stay here all the time. <laughs> right. Um, eventually, uh, uh, people get burning out the projector bulbs, and so eventually they stopped using it. And so this theater's just this gigantic fucking theater's just sitting here wasting money uh, <laughs> at the top of uh, Chase Tower. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, so in in 1997, uh, Ion Storm announces its very first release, Daikatana. Oh my god! Um, and they do this with one of the most ill-conceived uh, magazine ads. That has probably ever been. I've never seen this. <laughs> it's a full page magazine spread with like embossed text as though it's been like punched into metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it and it reads, John Romero is about to make you his bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't think that's that bad an idea, to be honest. I mean, it's sort of on brand. It is. It's, <laughs> it's on brand, but it's very aggressive. It's very aggressive. <laughs> Is, it's very cocky. It's very aggressive. And so uh, development began that year, 1997. Um, uh, and already people are already people are, are at once hyped for this game to a huge degree mm-hmm. because this is gaming's biggest rock star. He's dating uh, a professional gamer, Stevie Case, uh, mm-hmm. who incidentally they they met when Stevie Case kicked his ass at a round of Quake Deathmatch. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, he's he's this huge rock star in the world of video games, and he's he's, you know, promising to take PC gaming to the next level. Yeah. And um, if he's if who I mean, who else but him? Right. He seems like right. a guy. Um, what Daikatana promises is a story-driven FPS experience, uh, uh, also featuring time travel. So it takes place throughout four eras of history uh, in different places. Like, like the first one's like a futuristic Tokyo. Uh, the second chapter is ancient Greece, and it's full of like, uh, you know, uh, Medusa's the last boss. And it's full of like hoplites and and. Uh, <laughs> fucking uh, living statues and Ooh. that sounds cool. I want to play this. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds great, right? The, the third chapter is in in like a, a plague stricken gothic village with like werewolves and zombies, and then the fourth chapter is in is in you like know, a, historical stuff, like a yeah, like a near future like escape from New York kind of. It's it's in San Francisco, so I just I guess I should just say escape from San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's like this gritty future San Francisco and and um. It all revolves around a magical sword called the Daikatana, uh, wielded by protagonist Hiro Miyamoto. Uh, okay. Uh, he's, he's from Japan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, it also promised a uh, an RPG mechanic in which your character would level up. You'd get to spend points on stats, increase your abilities. You'd level up the Daikatana itself. Mm-hmm. Um, all of this... All of this shit, all of these features. Um, it's a lot of stuff. It's, the problem is, I think right off the bat there, is you've got four games. You yeah. have four levels of asset creation, yeah. map textures, pack, you know, like everything you do, you need to do four complete times to theme it right. appropriately. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're exactly right. This is this is a game that, that uh, would end up 
playing in four totally different ways because you also have different sets of weapons throughout these these four time periods. Right. Um, the weapons you have in the first chapter don't carry over the second. Uh, you got you got a brand new set of six weapons there plus your daikatana. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, again, f- even for today, this is an ambitious game. Yeah. This is an ambitious thing to be talking about. It promises a lot. Yeah, I can see that. The first and maybe biggest hurdle came in 1997 when it dropped Quake 2, featuring an entirely new engine with non-static textures. In other words, like like uh, the textures applied to a polygon model would like move and, and, you know, so a character's eyes might, you know, dart from side to okay. side. Or, or like, like a flickering wall light or something like that. Sure. Um, uh, moving textures on the surface of water, for instance. Right. Um, the original Half-Life uh, was um, uses an engine that's a heavily modified version of, of Quake 2. It, it's its own thing now. It's uh, called Gold Source. Okay. Um, but it, it uh, just to kind of give you an idea of what, what Quake 2 kind of looks like, um, higher resolution textures, uh, higher polygon count, yeah. Everything just looks and runs better. Um, J- uh, John Romero decides to port all of the progress that they've done so far on Daikatana into the Quake 2 engine instead. This eats up about a year of production time, and it uh, leads to the first significant delay. Yeah, that's a that's a huge that's a huge time suck that you didn't account for at the start. Yeah. Um, the. Uh, other delays uh, 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 trace their um, uh, can be traced back to uh, things involving uh, uh, the way different departments communicated with each other when they decided to at all. Mm. Um, one of the worst was uh, script rewrites and having voice actors have to come back in and re-record all their shit mm. um, because they they mispronounced something in the script uh, uh-huh. or or certain parts were cut. And now certain lines don't make sense, so uh, it, it it became a mess pretty That's quickly. Time and money consuming, right there. Um, yeah. so so by 1999, uh, you know the the hype and the hope for this game, the high expectations that people had for it, started to turn to concern uh, as to as to you know. Is this even going to be worth it at the end of three years of waiting? Yeah. Um, or is it even going to happen? <laughs> yeah, right. right. Uh, in 1999, emails leaked from Ion Storm's offices uh, showing uh, massive internal conflicts between departments, uh, creative differences, uh, and perhaps worst of all, uh, revealing that Ion Storm was bleeding like a stuck pig. No. They were spending about a million dollars a month in expenses just on Oof. on div- between the rent between development wages everything uh around a million dollars a month was being poured into and this is their first game this is their very <laughs> first game that's bad uh, well this is what the main office in dallas is working on there's still the sister office over in austin that we'll get back to okay um so but uh in 2000 daikatana final, finally uh drops um, to give you a little context here, uh, in 1997, three years ago, Quake 2 came out, mm-hmm. and it, that is the engine that Daikatana is still running on. Oh. Um, Quake 3, Quake 3 Arena came out in 1999. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, really? 
the the engine is already outdated by by 1999. I didn't realize Quake Three came out in '99. It kind of puts everything in like a different perspective for me. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's an older game than we than we think. It's 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 gonna turn 20 next year. (laughs) Oh my god, jeez. yeah, so Quake 3 had already come out a year prior. So the by 99, the Quake 2 engine was already way out of date. Yeah. Uh, the original Half-Life came out in 1998. Um, for, for extra context, in 2000, we also got Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask and the original Counter-Strike. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Quake 2 would have felt really ancient in 99. Yeah. Because that's the other thing that's easy to forget now, but, like, it doesn't feel like things grow by leaps and bounds every year right now. Right. You know, That's, like games basically have like a six, like consoles have like a six I, year cycle. I think not games like other, other forms of technology. Yes. But not like platform games the way they used to. Yeah. But it did progress super quickly. Yeah. yeah. You used to every couple of years, your PC was already too old to play the new thing. Right. 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 <laughs> I, I remember those as the crisis days. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> can, your, can your PC run crisis? That was the yardstick for a while in the early 2000s. And the answer for almost everybody was nah. <laughs> nah. Almost everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, now now it's just like, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Came out in 2004, if you can believe that. Crisis <laughs> did. That's about 15 years That's ago. Unbelievable. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, so Quake 3 came out in 99. The first Unreal Tournament came out in 2000. Um, so so you've, you've got two of the greatest multiplayer shooters ever made, and certainly the two best ever created by this point in yeah, time. Best looking, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and then Daikatana comes out. Daikatana was not met with with like just it didn't get panned but it was very underwhelming really for all the hype that it generated if it would have come out two years prior it might have been pretty sweet it might have it might have had a chance if it came out when uh it still looked presentable it uh, you know it would have looked pretty good for 1997 um but now now you know Quake Two is outdated. Quake Three is is the new hotness, and Unreal is now giving it a serious run for its money. And now, after a three year development cycle, nobody gives a shit about Daikatana. Um, that's so sad. Now, now it's not to say that's not to say it was like a good game beyond that because it totally wasn't. Um, <laughs> okay. So, just to give you an example, uh, in the first chapter, uh, which is you know f- f- Tokyo in the year twenty five hundred or whatever whatever the hell it is. Um, you start off with a gun, the plasma pistol or the fusion pistol or whatever it's called. It fires a bunch of plasma bursts that ricochet off the environment and can hit you. (laughs) Um, you're expected to use this against robotic frogs and robotic dragonflies that buzz incessantly around the level. They're very small and very hard to hit. Um, they come, they come directly at you. They don't try to like, uh, uh, path or dodge or anything mm-hmm. uh which wouldn't be a problem ordinarily except every enemy in the game does this every enemy <laughs> in the game is programmed to just come directly at like you mobs at you all just the time. just right I at mean, you that, that's how it works <laughs> it's almost as if he it's almost as if he made the player his bitch <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so they just they just line up in a straight line, and you just gotta shoot them. Um, and and this wouldn't the weapon that that hurts you wouldn't be a problem if it wasn't for the fact that um, I I think we talked about this when we were watching the the trailer for Doom Eternal, uh, which is that for games like Doom and Quake and Unreal, freedom of movement is a big big thing. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to circle strafe. You have to be able to move around and and not be hit by your weapon that that you know, will blast a hole in a brick wall. Yeah. Um, Daikatana does not have those environments. Daikatana's environments are very closed in. They're very, they're very compact. Uh, rooms are difficult to move around in. You're often forced uh, to, to wait in a hallway and sort of, sort of funnel enemies into a, a narrow space and, and pop out and shoot them once in a while. So not only is there the downside that your weapon can hurt you, there is the one hundred percent like chance you're going to it's do it like every time almost, you use it because everything is so guaranteed. close. It's almost guaranteed, yes. It's and that's terrible. just the first gun. In the first chapter, you get six weapons. Of those six, one of them does not possess the potential to hurt the player. And it's also stupid. It's, <laughs> it's called the shot cycler. It's a shotgun that fires six rounds at a time. You press the left mouse button. Without fail, you can't stop it. You can't stop it. You can't fire one thing at a time. It'll just fire six shots in a row. At the uh, same target. At the same target, whether regardless of whether that target is still alive or not. So it's a massive waste of ammo. It's annoying to use. And time. Yeah, and time. It's irritating to use. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, and to... To top it all off, this this is not like isolated. Uh, I think, with the exception of the third chapter, the the medieval, the gothic fantasy uh, chapter, mm-hmm. uh, every chapter has the majority of weapons have the potential to hurt the player. Why? I don't know. I mean, this seems like an unnecessary, <laughs> like a, like a thing to be like, oh, but the only the, the skill players will really appreciate this. Except no one appreciates that. No one. No, nobody I, does. I understand that. Maybe if it were a different environment, like you said, where you had more room to move and it wasn't like going to happen every single time you use yeah, one of those right. weapons. Like, yeah, look at look at, um, you know, look at some of the weapons in Doom where you've got the rocket launcher, you've got the BFG, you've got the plasma rifle, mm-hmm. all of which have the potential to hurt the player if fired in close proximity to the player. Right. But you'll you'll never find a situation in Doom where you have to hurt yourself with the rocket launcher because there's so much room. Yeah. There's so much space to move around and, and keep your distance from opponents. Yeah. Um, when you fight the, the Hell Knights at the end of, um, I think, Chapter 2 of Doom, uh, it's just this gigantic arena with a bunch of pillars. Yeah. All you do is hold the sprint button and circle strafe and keep keep shooting, keep shooting and dodge their their attacks. Yeah. Um and you'll never have to worry about hurting yourself because there's nothing for you to hurt yourself on. Yeah. Maybe once in a while, you know, a pillar will, you know, you'll circle strafe behind a pillar and shoot yourself, but that's, you know, you know, a lot of games that will use weapons that ricochet, they'll have like one weapon that does it. Or it'll be like a secondary fire mode for a weapon, so you don't have to do that. Yeah. It's weird because it actually it, it takes away choice and creativity of how you play when that's just something you have to deal with. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. It's yeah. just an annoying thing that's a part of the game and not like a little feature you can choose to use. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This was this was a, a very common complaint when Daikatana first came out was that it was irritating to play. Oh god. The enemies were irritating to listen to, the weapons were irritating to use, the levels were irritating to navigate. 
Um, which is which is strange because again, John Romero, um, and this is this is what's fueled some speculation about like who actually designed these levels and and why do they suck yeah. when they're allegedly coming from John Romero. Yeah, like he's the levels guy. Yeah, one of the one of the um one of the theories being uh that um his his girlfriend Stevie Case uh was allowed to design many many of the levels like more than she really had any business doing. Okay. Um cuz it just doesn't feel like him. Right. Right. Um John Romero when he when he um when Doom was uh, f- uh, getting real big and, and uh, magazines were interviewing him and everything, he, he said he had a, a set of design rules that are actually pretty good and a lot of people still use today. Um, uh, like, for instance, um, change the floor height when you want to change uh, floor textures. So in other words, like a text uh, floor at the same level as itself won't just suddenly transition from one texture to another. There'll there'll be like a, an actual physical divide. Okay. Uh, to accentuate that makes sense. Um, uh, making my levels flow so the player will revisit area several times, <clears throat> so they'll better understand the three D space of the level. Um, creating easily recognizable landmarks in several places to make navigation easier. Yeah. Um, making sure that if a player can see outdoors, that they should somehow be able to get there, whether that's through a secret or through the, like the normal course of the level. That's a really good rule. Those are yeah. really good tips. They're really good level design tips. And, uh, he did not use them in the game. <laughs> Di- yeah. Daikatana uses almost none of them. That's really odd and, and suspicious. Um, now, this for me was uh, I couldn't find anything uh, uh, to confirm this 100 percent for sure. But I know for a fact that from watching people play Daikatana, I know that uh, on launch and I don't know, this didn't factor in any of the reviews I read, which was strange. But I think I think they just decided to to put it down after the single player campaign. At launch, Daikatana's multiplayer would not work over standard TCP IP. And you're, it got released again into a, a, a world in which Quake 3 and Unreal Tournament exist. Yeah, right. Which you can play over the internet. Yeah. Easily. Very, very easily. How, how did it, how is it meant to work? Just like just LAN or, or? Well, it was supposed to, it was supposed to work on launch. It didn't. So oh. they had to patch it in. The, the basic multiplayer in a, in a first person shooter environment that, that now is dominated by yeah. shooters you can play online. Counter-Strike, Quake 3, Unreal Tournament. Multiplayer is huge at this time. You almost can't have a first-person shooter that doesn't have it. Yeah. Taikatana could not understand TCP IP when it first launched, and it had to be patched. But by that point, people no longer cared. Mm. Now, remember that sister studio in Austin? Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, they were working on what what is now remembered as one of the uh, one of the greatest PC games ever made. Uh, later that year, they would show up John Romero's main Dallas office by releasing Deus Ex. Oh, really? Which is which even now is is considered <laughs> one of one of the greatest PC games ever made. And it's just about as ambitious as Daikatana was. Uh, Deus Ex, um, if, he, if there's anyone who hasn't played it, it, it includes an RPG leveling system. It includes like an inventory, you know, it. Um, it also includes like maybe the most malleable storyline 
of any game at play. It's it's not even just like there's a good ending or a bad ending. There are several different endings, and the world kind of adapts and changes based on what the player does. It's so, like a choose-your-own-adventure video game. It, yeah, it was huge for the time to have a story with that level of depth, and it's still crazy to, to think about because every once in a while, uh, I know uh, a friend of mine... Uh, not not too too long ago, maybe like a year year and a half ago, I was playing Deus Ex and uh, found found that the game had a dialogue tree that accounted for something that she didn't think the game could possibly have accounted for. Like it'll like she like decided to take a third option and kill everyone in this one room instead of uh, doing one thing or the other. Thinking and, you know, the game would just like glitch out or just use one of the responses to one of the other options. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. Using the response of of killing the one guy that they tell you to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, it it acknowledges that she killed. She opted to kill everyone and run. And the game <laughs> acknowledges that with a dialogue tree. And she had never found that before. That's cool. I mean, you know, like. It's one of the things that games uh, like to promise is that, you know, there's consequence and like choice in a lot of these kind of games and that it actually matters. But what it often is, is a forced two roads, you know, good guy, bad guy. Steamrolled into. Yeah. Yeah, You end up up playing out one of like two, three storyline stuff. It's also kind of nice to reward the people playing your game for like. Doing things being and being creative, creative and like trying different things. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, Daikatana's gameplay offered a wide variety. Of, you you know you could you could be stealthy. You could charge in guns blazing. You mean Deus Ex? Yeah. What did I say? You said Daikatana. D- fuck. <laughs> it's okay. Deus Ex. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, we're, um, we're talking about the good one. The good one, <laughs> right? Deus Ex offers a huge variety of, of gameplay choices and, and options, um, uh, being able to go install. And, and literally in the very first scene of the game, you're given the choice of like, well, what gun do you use? What, uh-huh. what gun do you want to use? There, you know, I can give you this sniper rifle. I can give you this gigantic energy cannon or I can give you this crossbow. Um, yeah. And and what you choose, uh, you know, you can hack things to to do all that. There's no right way to play Deus Ex, essentially. Yeah. And that was a huge thing for the time in a, in a time when first person shooters were still kind of relegated to like, uh, you know, fire a railgun at your friends online. Yeah, you and, do this thing. This is what <laughs> happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, it was a huge deal. And so that was the only reason Deus Ex was the only reason Ion Storm lasted for a few more years before finally folding and selling the rights to their games to, I believe, IDOS. I think IDOS holds those rights now, um, not just to Daikatana, but also to Deus Ex. IDOS yeah. has the Deus Ex franchise now. Deus Ex is an inc- I mean, I didn't play all of them, but I, play, I think yeah. I uh, played uh, one of them on the, uh, the uh, Xbox 360. That might have been uh, Invisible War. I can't remember what it was called. Or maybe that was for the original was Xbox. Human Revolution on the Xbox 360? You know, yeah. yeah I think it I played was. that one. Human Revolution, I liked. But those I games are incredibly cool. I mean, it's like all this fun body augmentation, cyberpunky RPG, yeah. you know, shooter stealth type thing. Oh, it's, and, it's great. And then on top of it, it's it's like some really deep conspiracy fiction, which I, I dig conspiracy fiction. The Assassin's Creed series is really good for that. Yeah. Um. 
But uh, so they released this what the next year or they released this later the same year <laughs> in two, oh, no. in two thousand. Showing up the boss is yeah. kind of like a bad look. But I mean, if you're gonna save the company, you know, do a good job. They yeah they kept they kept Ion Storm going for a few more years. Um, Ion Storm also uh, developed I want to say uh, Hexen and Heretic. Oh, um, I remember both of those. I really liked Heretic. Yeah, um, they didn't do too great. Uh, yeah. Or maybe it was uh, Anachronox. Maybe Hexen and... Actually, you know what? I think those are both id games as well. I, yeah, yeah, I think I fucked that up. Um, Anachronox was another big project that they that they worked on. But they, they were around for a few more years before they finally ended up folding. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they, were, they had spent uh, more money than they ended up making on Daikatana. Yeah. Um, Deus Ex was such a valuable property by that point that, that um, you know, I, Eidos kind of leapt on that and bought up the rights. Um, and that was the end of Ion Storm. Uh, John Romero is still around. John Romero is still um, uh, kind of a – he's still a staple. He's still a figure in in uh, in gaming culture. Um, yeah. He actually not too, too long ago uh, had, a, had a YouTube video of himself playing Doom and talking about uh, some of the, like, the little development stories that went into uh, creating the first Doom. No kidding? Um, yeah, and, and so ultimately – you know, Daikatana now is is just kind of remembered as a as a kind of a cautionary tale. You know, as uh, massive hubris leading to leading to <laughs> don't an fly too close to the sun downfall. <laughs> sure, sure, but you know, uh, also it, don't put a theater in your million <laughs> dollar. Just don't get a you know yeah. gigantic penthouse for right. your brand new studio. Oh, that um the, the other problem that that came with that <laughs> with having your headquarters in Dallas, Texas, is that most of the people involved in this industry are on the West Coast. They're yeah. in like the Bay Area and Silicon Valley, and so he had to pay to get these people shipped out to Dallas, out to Texas, so he had to relocate for, people to hire them. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so that so that this would actually uh, go off, and it did go off. It just it fizzled. It fizzled on release. It was dead on arrival. I wonder if he makes anything now. If he's doing any know. actual development of any um, kind. Oh, you know what? He is. He's he's worked with a few game companies since then. I gotta I gotta pull up the list. Yeah. Um, it's on his Wikipedia page because he's been involved in a few things. Because yeah, um, the thing is, like Carmack these days is the guy who's like named still like you know he's he's yeah. with Oculus or was with Oculus, so he got like a a giant visibility boost again. He's the guy that like sort of seems the most relevant right now. But I was kind of wondering. I don't what know what happened Romero. to the other Carmack. That poor guy. Just <laughs> oh, Adrian like... Carmack. Adrian Carmack's still around too. I think. <laughs> I'm hearing a lot about John, but poor Adrian. Adrian Carmack. No one wants to talk about Adrian Carmack. Carmack the lesser. <laughs> <laughs> no relation. Um, no relation. So let's see. Uh, oh, uh, let's look for this Aladdin game while I have this up. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> uh, was it actually Aladdin or was it just a carpet ride? It was a carpet ride game. Okay. The character was dressed in that style, but it. Uh, we've got uh, Pyramids of Egypt. Uh, we've got Crazy Cobra. Mm. Um any of these ringing a bell? <laughs> the, the official video game of James Clavell's Shogun. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Dangerous Dave and the Deserted Pirates Hideout. These are all like pre-id. All like really early Romero games? Yeah, Twilight Treasures. Uh, oh, Might and Magic 2. Hmm. Uh, Journey, The Quest Begins. How to Weigh an Elephant. Um, <laughs> Arthur, The Quest for Excalibur. Pixel I found it. It's called Master of the Lamps. Master of the Lamps. Master of the Lamps. 
Uh, Do you have what it takes to no, be the master of the lamps? Uh, doesn't show up here. Um, yeah, so... Um, uh, oh, that's right. Commander Keen was um, Apogee. Oh, okay. He worked. He worked with, um, I believe, uh, the Carmax and and uh, Tom Hall on on these, and then they decided to just go and uh, uh, found ID. Okay. Um, but yeah, like Master what, of the Lamps. What, nah. would I, what would I know of Romero working on now? Is what I'm wondering because like, it, it just always felt bad that like he kind of felt like he faded away. So he he's I guess um, with good reason. I don't know. <laughs> so he's. He's got his own company now, Romero Games Limited, and they they put out a game called Gunman Taco Truck, <laughs> which I never heard of. Oh, um, no, I tried to look up images for Master of the Lambs, but I <laughs> accidentally wrote Master of the Lambs, and I was like, why am I looking at a bunch of lambs right now? <laughs> um, oh, Thanks, okay. Google. You know what? He worked with THQ on Red Faction in 2001. Oh, that was very cool. Red Faction was a very, very cool game for yeah. its time. Yeah. Well, uh, destructible terrain. Yeah, like fully destructible terrain. You could just blow holes into, you know, right. mountains forever and ever and ever. Um, you worked with Midway in 2005 on uh, Gauntlet Seven Sorrows and Area 51, oh. uh, as seen in every movie theater lobby <laughs> in America. Area 51 was cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, he worked with Ubisoft in 2012 on Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Commander. Nice. Um, and a, a bunch of other games I've never heard of. Um, oh, Peddington Park for Zynga, uh, the mobile game oh developer. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. Um, uh, he republished Dangerous Dave in the Deserted Pirates Hideout in t- uh, 2015 <laughs> and has since then worked on Gromskate, Warp Cop 3, Play, uh, oh, sorry. Playbarf is the company. Uh, the the game is July fourth, nineteen seventy six. I'm sorry. Playbarf. Playbarf. Um, Playbarf. Yeah, such a well known company that Wikipedia doesn't even have a link to uh, their Wikipedia page. Um, yeah, now he, uh, he has his own company, Romero Games uh, Ltd. Yeah, and um, yeah, so he's still around. He's still you know considered a, a you know an industry expert. The man made Doom. Yeah, but the thing is. <laughs> Regardless of having a very large, high-profile flop, you can't take away from the guy the fact that he was one of essentially two gods of PC gaming yeah. for like half a decade. He had a yeah. lot of successes before he had that one real bad flop. Yeah, he absolutely did. And, you know, to his credit also, you can't have a really big failure like that if you're not trying your damnedest yeah. to 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 strive for something you gotta yeah. be ambitious you got to try to do something you know new yeah it's so it's really unfortunate that what a, a lot of which was basically i think logistical problems for sure and i and i think in my opinion it's not it's not totally fair to to you know blame him or lay the blame squarely on his shoulders or or even to really like mock him for for what Daikatana turned out to be because you know, he he ended up doing a lot more yeah. uh, in in trying to get to this idea than than um, than a lot of people have done. Yeah, right. Um, in my time researching this, I um, you know, and watching people play Daikatana, uh, it reminded me too of of a few games that have come out, including Deus Ex, mm-hmm. uh, since then that have kind of combined the like the RPG 
uh, first-person shooter format. And one of the things that came to mind was the Borderlands series. And now I, yeah. I, had, I don't have any interest in playing the first one again, but I would really like to start up the second Borderlands again because that's a, that's a good old time. You know what? I played that for a while, and then I ended up with a, a corrupt save. Oh, fuck. So it's one of those <laughs> things where I load the game, go as far as I want, save, exit. It never... I, I'm always back where that save was. Yeah. I couldn't save it. Even if you create a new save, it's couldn't always the same thing. It. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I can't, I effectively can't play it anymore. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, um, these are, this is something that I think, I think we owe credit to Ion Storm for, uh, if not for Daikatana, then certainly for Deus Ex, mm-hmm. is taking first-person shooters to that next level and incorporating elements of other genres and other gameplay mechanics into it to, to, you know, make it something more than just like run around and shoot uh, demons with laser guns for arms. Yeah. yeah you know, n- not following uh, an idea of what a certain type of game is supposed to be so strictly that you don't right. try new things. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of thinking out. I think I do absolutely think that it got a lot of developers to sort of think outside the box when it came to. Uh, first-person shooters and, and yeah. you know, started trying new things. We ended up with better shooters as a result. I mean, you yeah. know, I don't know how much credit he gets for that, but, you know, we ended up with shooters that were more than that, that had more more growth of character. It wasn't just getting more powerful guns and blowing things up bigger, you know. We right. ended up with a more complex genre. That's really cool. Yeah, absolutely we did. Also, side note, Master of the Lamps was an Activision game. Activision, gosh. <laughs> Master of the, the Lamps um, is actually a game? Master of the Lamps. Oh, the Lamps. <laughs> okay. Master yeah. of the Lamps like was Aladdin just pictures the... of lambs. Okay. But I, th- I thought you found that Master of the Lamps turned out to be a game. <laughs> I wish. Um, okay. No, Master of the Lamps was uh, designed no. by Peter Kaminsky. Master of the Lamps came out from Ubisoft. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I, Shut thought, up. I thought it was pronounced you soft. Oh my god. One, the one upsmanship. Puns on puns on puns on puns. Puns, puns, Um so that's so that's the story of Daikatana. That's, that's the 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 rise, the hype, the the petering out and the the fall of Daikatana. It's so sad. It's so sad that you know, of all the people for it to happen to, it's right. just, yeah. it's just like such a tremendous fall from grace, and that's really disappointing. Yeah, yeah. But I okay, so the 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 addendum to all this that I wanted to add, if you didn't, was that I believe you told us you can still buy this on Steam and play it now. Daikatana is available for purchase on Steam. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a few years ago you were able to get it for free. Oh, really? Uh, somewhere. Well, because because I think that um, is it one of the ones where like the rights to the game or whatever lapsed because no one actually and, wanted it. Yeah. Well, right, but but the yeah, like I I think it would be abandonware if it wasn't for the fact that IDOS owns the rights now and it's still oh. you know they're still around and still in business. Okay. Uh, Daikatana on Steam is seven dollars right now. I'm not sure if there's a sale on that going on because I I. I never know what the logic of, of Steam sales is. They just <laughs> kind of decide to put, you know, whatever the hell. Yeah. Um, it's, it always seems like just a completely random mixed bag with no theming, and it arrives when it arrives. Sure. If, if there is a theme, it'll say it in a big, uh, irritating banner on the top of the client. Yeah. Spring like, sale. The Quake Con sale. sale. Yeah. Um, 
Only oh, games act- with bouncing digital boobies. <laughs> That's a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, definitely yeah, is it's a thing. totally a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. That's, don't uh, that's, don't give me shit for that. It's basically Dead or Alive in a nutshell. Yeah. Is all Dead or Alive was about is introducing jiggle physics at its at its best <laughs> um, <laughs> every couple of years. Uh, yeah, Daikatana is seven dollars. Um, reading the game description, there is a, a, another really big flaw of Daikatana. I forgot to mention, which is your sidekicks. You can't leave the level without your sidekicks. If one of them dies, it's game over. Oh, no. Oh, that sucks. Sidekicks always suck. <laughs> Escort just missions stop that. Suck. Escort missions suck. Uh, they, they, um, their AI is just as bad as the enemies, um, so often the best thing to do is tell them to wait at the start of the level, go through and kill every enemy in the level, then go back and get them. Which that is sucks. stupid. Uh, they are Mikiko Ebihara, and I shit you not, this is this... this, is this uh, character's actual name <laughs> he's a large black man named superfly johnson <laughs> just terrible bad decision you know well you don't have a black friend named superfly <laughs> so so here's the deal i feel like i don't know when these decisions got made but i could imagine an increasing pressure and and sort of just snap decisions being made as it became clearer and clearer they were farther and farther behind losing more and more money the email thing that you mentioned is a horrifying thing to happen to any company you know when internal emails reveal to the rest of the world you're falling apart that's the point where you just start doing shit you just start making we have to make a game it has to arrive Intern number toast. three was left with the decision of what to name that character. Exactly. Superfly Johnson came <laughs> this up. Thing is someone just went, nah, we, we got to give him a name. All right, he's Superfly yeah. Johnson. Um, <laughs> now, looking at, the, looking at the reviews of Daikatana on Steam, a lot of the positive reviews uh, are largely based out of nostalgia. <laughs> there yeah. are from... They're all from They're variations all from on the name John Romero. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, what I've what I'm also learning is that there is a community patch to bring Daikatana to version 1.3, <laughs> and it addresses a lot of stuff. Really, um, uh, a lot of people. Uh, the top rated comment is a, re- a positive recommendation from a member of the community patch development team, mm. uh, who who admits that. You know, Daikatana isn't really playable unless you patch it, unless you get the uh, apparently they worked really hard on this patch to make Daikatana playable, you know, fucking 16 or 17 years after the fact. You forget That's Make sweet. America Great Again. Make Daikatana playable. Again. <laughs> make Daikatana playable, period. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, really, That's a really nice idea. That's a labor of love, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I respect that. I don't know if I'd pay $7 for it. You know, you, know. you have to pay for it? I just, well, I mean, the community patches. Oh, for the game. Free. For the game, for the game yeah. itself, yeah. Gotcha, you gotta pay $7. Gotcha. I think I'd probably buy this game and try it out. Uh, I'd patch it, but I'd try it out. Um, if you do. I mean, it's got co-op for yeah. for you and two friends. <laughs> yeah. So. You want to you take a journey through the worst possible... Vi- Man, you guys might need to bring back the Three Dudes show, the YouTube channel, <laughs> temporarily to uh, play that game to if you get it. S- to suffer through Daikatana. <laughs> yeah. It would be it would be a hell of an experience. I've 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 played a bit of it before. I didn't end up beating it because I I got too annoyed. I got irritated with it and I stopped. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, I can imagine that happening to a lot of people. Uh, but yeah, Daikatana Daikatana is still around. It's it's you know some people consider it a, a total failure. Some people look at it and say, well, it's 
you know, he could use a little polish. It's a fixer-upper. Yeah, it's a right. fixer-upper of a game that had immeasurable hype for a PC game <laughs> in 1997 and took three years to develop. <laughs> You know. you know, it's like you buy you you, you buy an old beat up truck or something, and you you, you fix her up. It's, it's like, it's like a person who's relentlessly positive who just keeps sounding less and less convinced the more they try to talk something it's, up. It's like the truth, not a that fixer bad. Fixer upper. It's I like mean, the, there's all these things wrong with it. It's but. like the uh, it's like the little tree in the Charlie Brown Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> it's not such a bad tree. It just needs a little tender, loving care. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's about what I know about Daikatana. Now you know, too. Oh, my God. That's a very thorough history of Daikatana. You were concerned about maybe not having enough or I having was. the right angle, but I, I think that was great. <laughs> that's fantastic. I was hoping I could find a little more uh, about the exact nature of the delays. I, I knew I had... F- read somewhere before that they wanted to port the entire thing to the Quake 2 engine like a year into development, yeah. uh, which I knew was was a big stumbling block. And I was hoping to find more about uh, about the exact reasons it was delayed, but I, unfortunately I couldn't really. Sometimes the information you want just isn't right out there. A lot of that was abundance. probably deliberately confidential. Sure. Yeah. You know, the sure. kind of thing that people knew way better than to talk about. Yeah. Um, I would I would dig seeing those leaked emails from 1999 and, and seeing what kind of <laughs> what kind of light those shed on the uh, on the saga. But, yeah, but that's that's what it is. That's uh, that's about a, a as as concise a, a history of John Romero and Daikatana as I could put together. That's well, let's fantastic. play some Daikatana, guys. <laughs> <laughs> let's never do, you know. Let's maybe do that. It sometime. sounds let's it sounds not it. obnoxious yeah. at all. I'm gonna do that when I have a lot when I feel a lot of patience in yeah. my, in my yeah. system that day. Maybe I'll pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, Ben, for thank being you. so thorough, providing a really cool story for us. Thank here. you for having me on. Yeah, this it's a, been a long a time. time. You are um, one of the three dudes. I am, and and now <laughs> all of three. all of the dudes three have been on this podcast. Yeah, we have. Yeah. And honestly, I would love to have you come back and do another subject like this. Something that something that is, especially you know, you mm. do bring a lot of knowledge about video games and <laughs> video games as an industry. Just be just because people are so excited about them, and you know, uh, so passionate about them. I think there's a lot of, you know, like the legend of the, all those E.T. cartridges dumped in the desert oh, yeah. and stuff the like that. the one that turned out to be true. Yeah, it turned out to actually be true. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of great <laughs> apocryphal sort of, like, stories and Mythos legends around video games. It. Yeah. So, And there's so much variety in video games that there's there's angles on angles on angles that you could take. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it might be fun, might be fun to have Ben and Chris on an episode together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Be... We'll figure these things out. We don't have to talk about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, yes, that has been another episode of Goose Chase. Goose Chase. Thank Goose you, Chase. Very, Goose thank you. <laughs> I, I hear Aubrey Goose back there. Chase. Goose, Goose Chase. Goose Chase. I'm getting a case of the vapors. We will we will <laughs> just power through it. That's a way to end. <laughs> we'll see you next week with another episode of Goose Chase. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Adios. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Chase Pod. And our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. 
Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 